Look at Ephesians chapter 2. I know it's familiar, but let the Lord help us this morning. And he said, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, hallelujah, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace ye are saved, hath raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Here he is again, for by grace are ye saved. I want to preach that thought this morning just for a, a few moments. By grace are ye saved. Now Paul lines out uh, uh, the, the condition that we were before we were saved uh, and maybe you who would be here lost this morning. He said, of course, we were dead in the trespasses of sin. Because of Adam's sin, uh, that word sins and transgressions deals with missing the mark. Because Adam had disobeyed God, we are born in sin. Uh, and you know that, we were dead in sin. Uh, we were a dead man walking, amen. That's why a natural man doesn't understand the things of God. That's why a lot of people, uh, when they're lost, they say, I can't understand the Bible. I don't know what it says. It's because they don't know the author. They don't know the Holy Ghost. And so uh, we know that we were dead in sin. Number two, we were deceived. We, we know that he said that the world has a course. Uh, this course uh, that the world is on is on a road to hell this morning. Uh, the world's music and, and all of their partying and their language and their lifestyle. Uh, you tell me a person uh, uh, cuss God every day and I'll tell you somebody that don't know God because the Lord uh, will clean your mouth out when you get born again. Uh, you won't tell the dirty jokes on on the job and you won't laugh at him either amen uh, because uh, that's the course of this world but God uh, has taken you from that course amen I remember I got saved uh, at only eight years old uh, and I remember that afternoon I said a curse word and no adult around me but somebody moved in me and he said, you don't talk that way anymore, amen. Uh, because, uh, hey, got a new course. And so there's a course of this world and then there's a chief of the world, the prince and power of the air. Yeah, wonder why so much filth is on the internet and so much filth on cable television because he is the prince and power of the air. 
Amen. He is the, the God of this world. Uh, I, I like it though, uh, Brother Fleur, when the Lord uh, tells the devil to go sit in the corner and he does what he wants to. Amen. I, I'm glad that he is. Uh, he said in the book of Acts 17 that he is the Lord of heaven uh, and of the earth. It didn't catch God by surprise uh, that Mr. Biden would be the president today. Uh, amen. It didn't catch God by surprise that the coronavirus was going to happen uh, last year. It didn't catch God by, uh, by surprise uh, uh, what will happen this year. Amen. Uh, there's a course uh, and then there's a chief. And not only are we deceived, uh, but he said you were disobedient children, sons of the wicked one. You know, save this morning, the devil is your father. He said uh, the spirit of disobedience. There's a spirit of disobedience. I remember my sister, she's in heaven tonight uh, or this morning. And, uh, but I remember one day uh, before she got saved, we, we witnessed to her. And I actually saw her take her fist and close it and grit her teeth. Uh, you know what she was? Uh, uh, the spirit of disobedience. Uh, it might be some of you young people. Uh, the reason that you have that spirit of disobedience uh, and you hate to be told what to do uh, and you mumble under your breath uh, and you don't like authority, it might be because uh, you're a child of wrath. Uh, you're a child of the devil. And that's why there's a spirit uh, of disobedience. Uh, I wish I could tell you that I don't ever disobey. But I'll tell you what, what happened to me. 1972 when I got born again, uh, God put a spirit in me uh, that wants me uh, to submit uh, every day uh, uh, to the will of God. Uh, and there's a desire in my heart to obey. Amen. Maybe that spirit's in you because you're a child of wrath. Amen. I know you're not going to hear anything you haven't heard but God wants to help somebody today. Uh, number one, we find that uh, there is grace involved. He said uh, by verse five and verse eight, by grace are you saved. We know that grace is uh, the favor of God, getting what uh, we don't deserve. Uh, you know, I thought about that in the other countries and they bow down to images that are gods that they worship and they bring these gods gifts and presents and you know why they do that for? To gain favor to that God. But you know what? I don't have to. I already have favor. Hallelujah. Uh, we already have favor. Uh, grace is favor. And dad always used to say, I, I don't know why uh, that he came by my way. He said, I know it's nothing within me. I said, absolutely. He didn't save you uh, uh, because of you. He saves you uh, because of his grace. Hallelujah. Uh, we have nothing uh, to boast about this morning uh, within ourselves. Uh, the only God thing about us uh, is he uh, that lives within us. Uh, the reason we're here and not in jail this morning. Uh, uh, the reason we're here and not in a rehab this morning. Uh, uh, the reason we're here and not in a nursing home uh, flat on our back because of a drug overdose. And because of the grace of God. Because that Jesus had showed us favor and came where we were and rescued us. Amen. Not because of us, amen. 
because of favor. Then there's faith involved. He said through faith. Then he said that not of yourself is the gift of God. There's a lot of debate on that gift. If it's the grace, it's if the faith. I like what John Phillips said. He said the gift is salvation. The gift is salvation. And it's by grace through faith. Amen. Hallelujah. We get faith, but we got to exercise faith. He said he's the Savior of all men, especially those who believe. Amen. But salvation is him from the beginning to the end. He, Brother Isaac, came to you. I believe you made a profession in that youth camp. He's the one who spoke to you. He's the one who let you come to the house of God. He's the one who let you hear preaching. It ain't nothing of you, it's him. Thank God. I'm glad for the grace of God. I'm glad for the grace of salvation. I'd be in hell today already. Or I'd be in jail. But thank God I'm preaching the word of God because of the grace of God. Thank God dad's in heaven because of the grace of God. He could have died either one of the four times he tried to take his life would have died and went to hell. But because of grace, hallelujah. I don't get to preach much on grace. I like it, amen. <laughs> we preach a lot like we did yesterday. But anyhow, I thank God for grace. You know, grace is final. There's no works involved. Years ago, I was preaching in North Carolina. Song leader, Brother Marshall, said, let me tell you what happened to him the other day. He said, we was out knocking on doors and knocked on the doors of a black man and he invited us in. Found out he's a preacher. He said, let me tell you what happened to me. He said, my mother raised us in church. She was involved in every part of uh, uh, the church. Uh, if there's a meal that need to be cooked, she cooked it. She sang in the choir. She, she was very involved and in raised me and my sister in church. He said, one day mama had a stroke. It put her in a coma. They let me and my sister take her home and be able to change out the IVs. And he said, for one year, my mother never moved a finger. She never twitched an eyelid. She never, she never moved a muscle. He said, one day I went to the store and to get some things for the house. And he said, I come back. My sister was weeping. And he said, what happened? And here's what she said. She said, mama sat straight up in the bed, been in a coma for a year. And here's what she said. My name's not there. My name's not there. My name's not there. And she fell back and died and went to hell. You better make sure uh, that you're getting in by grace uh, and not by your works. Uh, it ain't about what you do. It ain't about how much you give. It's not about how much you go. It's about the grace of God. Thank God that unmerited favor that we receive from the hand of God. Bobby Barnes couldn't make it one day. I'm glad I don't have to. I'm glad the price has already been paid. I'm glad, thank God, my name's written down because of grace. Amen. Amen. Number two, verse five through six, we see that the grave is interrupted. <laughs> you know what he said? He gave us life. Our sister didn't know what I was preaching on this morning, but she's talking about that life. 
You know why we get excited? Because there's life in there. You know why when we hear preaching, like we heard last night, something starts bubbling up on the inside? Because there's life there. I was dead. He said we were dead in sin. But Brother Nathan, he came by and gave me life. Like Ezekiel chapter 16. He said to that baby out in the field, I said live. I'm glad, thank God, 1972, that the Lord walked by my way. And he said, I say live. And thank God I've been a living ever since. And it's a good life to live. Young people, I do it all over again. Amen. Hallelujah. Sometime you get in a camp meeting, and sorry to say, evangelists do it the most. They get up and talk about how bad it is, how bad they've been treated. Nobody's been giving them good offerings, and how sad it is. I'm going to tell you, you're looking at one. I'm happy to be here. God's been good to me. If he never gave me another thing, he's been good to me. I enjoy my life. I made up my mind. I wasn't going to endure this Christian life. I was going to enjoy it. And you know what? I've always told people I wasn't going to get ulcers. I was going to give them. Amen. Until I got some last year. But the truth of the matter is I'm still going to enjoy my life. I've been made alive in Christ. You young men, act like it. I appreciate some of you getting into service and raising in your hand and say amen. There ought to be life inside of you. You've got to start setting the example for these younger men and let them know that it's all right to get involved in the service and have life and enjoy God and say amen. Say hallelujah. Raise your hand and get involved. Amen. Hallelujah. There's life. Oh, yes. I'm waiting for one of these teenage boys, not in the flesh, but in the spirit, take a lap for Jesus, amen? Oh, yes. I've seen some, and they get all excited and carry flags around. I was in a meeting, and this fella, he always does stuff like that. This pastor was standing next to me, and he said, what are you going to do if he hands you the flag? Because he kept handing different people, and they'd take a lap around the building. I said, well, if the Lord don't nudge me, I'm going to go put it back up here in its stand. Amen. Uh, I'm not going to run just to be running. But I do have life. And praise God, act like it. I mean, get involved in this thing. It's real. Hallelujah. That's real this morning. Let it get real with you. Amen. Got life. Number two, he lifted us. That grave is interrupted because (laughs) he said he raised us. He changed our habitations he changed where he was at that's why I worry about people who say they get saved and in three months they're back smoking dope they're back drinking, they're back partying I I worry about that kind of stuff I know when God saved me he changed me, amen Oh, yes, sir. Uh, When God saves a man he changes me, hey, he lifts you up amen, he changes your habits too amen He'll help you get rid of all that garbage and get in your life. You know, trying to live separated don't make you any better than anybody else. It's just trying to make you be clean and holy that maybe somebody might see God in your life. Maybe somebody might, might have a taste 
of what you have, that you live for God. I know sometimes when you hear preaching like we preached yesterday on sin and things in our life, sometimes you think, man, do they have anything else to say? But I'm telling you it's important because it can hinder you from winning somebody else to God. Amen. I remember Johnny Jones years ago, he said that he was witnessing to a felon. He had a pack of Marlboros in his pocket. And he said the man he was witness to was hooked on dope, marijuana. He said, if you get saved, God can deliver you from that marijuana. And so when he went home that night, he said he always sat on the bed and he had a cigarette before he went to bed. And he got one out of the pack and the Holy Ghost said, isn't that something? I can deliver that man from marijuana and I can't deliver you from cigarettes. He said, I threw the pack away and never smoked another one. Amen. Uh, God can deliver. Hallelujah. He says, the grace of God that teaches us uh, to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. Uh, I'm uh, telling you, it's beginning to boil in my soul where I go. Uh, and we've thrown standards out the door. And holiness uh, and churches uh, are becoming uh, uh, full of carnality and wickedness. Uh, they go to the bar on Saturday night and they play and they get up and sing in the choir on Sunday morning. How blasphemous is that? God help us. It's grace that teaches us. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Number three, the gift we inherit in verse seven. He said that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. I went over to Romans chapter two. He talked about the riches of his goodness to repentance, the riches of repentance. That word goodness, it deals with his character. It means that he is morally excellent. So he has the ability to forgive me of my sin. Hallelujah. It means that he can do it. <laughs> I mean, think about how wicked we really are. Think about all the garbage we've done since we've been saved. We've done enough since we've been saved to go to hell for but thank God because of his character, because of who he is, he is morally excellent that he has the ability to forgive us and take away our sin because of his holiness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It also means his gentleness. His gentleness. When he brings us to repentance, he deals with us gently. But in that verse, it also talked about his goodness, his forbearance. And I really like this. That, that forbearance means that he tolerated our sinful selves. He had to put up with us because he's holy. It means, Brother Floor, that he had to refrain himself from destroying us because of our sin. He 
he for, put forbearance and said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring them in. I can't destroy them. They're so wicked and they're so ungodly and I'm so holy, but I love them and I sent my son and I'm going to forbear or to give them an opportunity or to get born again. I'm glad, thank God, hallelujah, that he showed me forbearance and gave me an opportunity. I'm glad, thank God, Brother Lamar, one day he said, won't you come? And I said, I believe a will. I'm glad, thank God, that he showed me that forbearance. Hallelujah. Amen. It means to tolerate, to restrain. Amen. Not only the riches of repentance, but in Ephesians chapter 1, the riches of redemption. <laughs> See, that's the, that's the riches that he's going to show to us. Hallelujah, he said, for the ages to come. You know that word, that word uh, redemption means, uh, it means ransom in full. It means a sum of money or a payment demanded or paid for the release of a prisoner. <laughs> oh my, were we not bound to sin, a prisoner to sin. And that redemption, he paid full price. That's why I can't lose what I got. He paid the price. I didn't save myself. You didn't save yourself. Thank God he saved us. Hallelujah. He paid the full price. He paid a debt he didn't owe. I owed a debt I couldn't pay. And I'm glad, thank God, that he did that for me. But not only the ransom, but then we see the riddance of our sin. He took it away. Nailed it to his cross. You ask me why I'm happy. Why I sometimes shout. Because my sins are gone. You know, that's why dad testified so much. He was wicked. He's wretched. And God forgave him of all of that. And he took it away. And he couldn't get over it. We'd be sitting around the table and he'd just bust out crying. And he said, it just gets to me sometimes of what God had done for me. How that he had forgiven me of so much. He said, the times that I had failed him, I would have quit many a time over. But I never can get over the fact of what he did for me. He took all of that filth and all of that sin and he took it away. I'm glad, thank God, hey, what we used to be, we can't. Can't even remember it in God's sovereign mind. He chooses uh, to forget what we used to be. Uh, thank God for that. Our sins are gone. Hallelujah. Amen. Riddens. Amen. Then in Romans 9, he talked about the riches of his reward. He said, Well, share in his glory. Can you imagine that? I'm just going to be glad to get there. <laughs> to share in his glory. The songwriter said, oh, what glory awaits me when we enter that city. Fellows, heaven is real this morning. Ladies, heaven is real. Hell is real too. There's a real place called hell. And God, don't send you there. You choose to go there. My brother had every opportunity to get saved. My brother Terry, he's been here several years ago. Terry's schizophrenic and mentally ill, but he has enough sense most of the time. Sometimes he loses reality, but he has enough sense to be saved. 
And last week I was in Carolina, so I went and they won't let me take him out to feed him because of the coronavirus, but I took him some clothes and bought him some things and bought him some sweet cakes and stuff like that. And he said something about Bob. I'm, boy, I'm glad you're out there trying to save people. And I said, what about you? When, when are you going to get saved? And he kind of had his head bowed and he just kind of lifted up his eyes. And I said, Terry, I said, don't you want to see dad again? He said, I, I really do. But see, I, I don't understand that, Brother Grabber. That man has nothing. He has nothing in his, he has nothing. Some of you, you, you have nothing to lose. And everything to gain in Christ. And still you hold on. And you'll fight it with all your heart. And you'll say, well, uh, what will they think? Uh, we'll be tickled to death uh, for you to come to Calvary and experience the grace of God. Hallelujah. I'm glad, thank God for the day that I got birth into the family of God. Amen. Amen. Lastly, we see not only the grave and the gift, but we also see that good works are involved. Verse 10, he said, first of all, we'll be under a new control. We are his workmanship. The sister quoted the verse, Sister Melody did, about through the Spirit. See, we got a new Spirit lives within us, controlling us, and we'll be under his control. We'll be a new workmanship. Amen. A new control. A new, a new conduct. He said, you'll produce good works. You know what good works do? Make you a benefit to the church. You'll be a goer, a giver. You'll get you a box of tithing envelopes. Amen. And you'll give. And you'll be a part of that. I worry about people that don't tithe. I worry about people uh, that rob God and they cheat God and they steal. Uh, you know what? That's one area in my life I've never had a problem. I've always been glad to give him a, a part of back of what he gives me. Amen and amen. We had a fellow get saved in Mississippi where I went to church. And he was the stingiest man in Mississippi. And so when he got saved, but Tim, about three months later, the treasurer came up to the preacher and said, you need to preach on tithing. He said, that man, he's tithing on Sunday morning and he's tithing on Sunday night. He don't know that you don't have to do it twice. I'm talking about the stingiest man in Mississippi. So Brother Mac, he dealt with it. He, he, he preached on it and everything. He came back three months later and said, he's still doing it. He said, praise God, let him alone. Hallelujah. If, if that's what he wants to do. But that's what God will do. That's what grace will do. It'll take a stingy man uh, and give. Uh, you know why? Because you're thrilled uh, that God would give you an opportunity uh, to give back to him for what he's done for you. Amen. Uh, thank God I'm glad uh, to be able to serve him uh, and to give him uh, uh, back just a little bit of what he's done for me. Uh, I'm glad, thank God, uh, just to be here ought to be in hell but thank God I'm here this morning because of grace amen amen you'll be a benefit to Christ you'll tell others about him you'll be a benefit of the community you'll actually cut your grass it won't be 7 feet tall and 16 cars out there and trash thrown everywhere amen amen <laughs> but Caleb cuts my grass I have to pay to get her done. You know why? Because I want my yard to look nice. I'm not there to cut it. And Patty can't cut it. So I want to be a, a testimony to the community. I don't know why that people will drive down the road and they see that nice ditch right there in front of my house and they got to throw their cups out and they got to throw their trash out. 
I want to put a sign up and say something, but then I figured they'd just throw more out there. You know what I'm saying? So I, when I come in, I'll go get a bag and go pick up the trash. You know what? Hey, the people of God ought to be different. Amen. Lastly, you'll have a new course. He said there's a course of the world, and then there's a new course. He said we walk according to. Ephesians chapter 4, we'll walk in unity. Chapter 4, we'll walk in purity. Chapter 5, walk in charity. Walk in clarity. Walk carefully. Walk in harmony. Chapter 6, we'll walk in victory. I know it's familiar text this morning, but we need to be reminded of grace every now and then. And no doubt there's probably somebody, maybe a young person that's really not saved. I really prayed late last night for you. That God, when God spoke to my heart, I said, Lord, you know, same thing. It's a familiar text. He said, that's all right. Just preach what I tell you to. You just do what God speaks to you about this morning. You might want to come pray for somebody in your family. I don't know. Years ago, I had struggled one night in revival. And that's when God really helped me. Because, Brother Brian, the Lord told me to preach salvation. It was a very small church. Fifteen people at best. And... There was no visitors. And Brother Gravely, I sat on the front pew and I said, Lord, I, I can't do that. There, there's nobody here. I mean, we know this message. He said, you just do what I tell you to. The pastor's sister, she was a young woman living in sin, a harlot, living a life of ungodliness. She had come twice that week, but she sat in the back and played with her little nieces and nephews and played with the babies. But that night, she came and sat on the second pew. She didn't play with no babies. And I preached on Rahab the hearted, not knowing she was coming, but God did. And I wasn't, Brother Tim, I wasn't in it three minutes. Tears started running down her cheeks. I'm telling you, and I gave an invitation. She came down that altar and got birth into the family of God. He knows what we need this morning.